Hello, and welcome to another episode of Wisdom Wednesdays with Step Into Purpose. I'm your host, Andrea St. Louis, the owner of Step Into Purpose Consulting, and I'm so excited that you've joined me on this journey as we are finding language for our calling, embracing our unique path forward, and as we step boldly into purpose. If this is your first time with us, you'll find conversations on purpose, passion, making difficult life decisions, personal and professional development. You'll find helpful tools and hints for your career growth, and you'll find the courage to take that next giant step forward into the future that God has for you. So for today's bonus episode, we're talking about the topic, get ready, get ready. We are coming to the end of 2020, and I know some of us cannot wait to say adios, goodbye, sayonara, never want to see you again, but we're also getting ready to step into 2021. We are preparing to step into a new year that despite the disappointments and the heartaches of this year, really the new year is full of new possibilities, new opportunities, yes, new challenges as well, but It's all a matter of focus. Where are we putting our attention? So before I get into what I really want to talk about today, which is what it takes to plan and prepare, what's the importance of doing it, how we do that, um, planning and preparing for this new season we're about to step into collectively, I want to talk about something that is kind of near and dear to my heart, mostly because I'm guilty of it quite often. Um, I've gotten better at it over the years, but it is still a challenge at times. And I want to help someone else who may be facing this same challenge as well, especially because what we've experienced in this last season may have made overcoming this particular challenge a little more daunting as we move into this new year. Let's talk about procrastination. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines procrastination as, uh, or the word procrastinate, um, as putting off intentionally and habitually. Putting something off intentionally and habitually. Um, The other definition that's given um, is to put off intentionally the doing of something that should be done. To put off intentionally the doing of something that should be done. I want to make note of two words, two keywords in this definition. So it, it talks about the putting off, but sometimes when we put things off, we make it sound like it's just this one time. It happens once in a blue moon. It happens occasionally. But when it comes to procrastination, we are made aware that it is not just a one-time occurrence. It actually takes place multiple times. It says intentionally, meaning that we have made a decision to put something off and habitually, which means it's happening repeatedly, almost like second nature. So we don't actually think about it, we just do it. And if we were to look at our real, if we're honest, just for a moment, if we were to look at our real day-to-day lives, we would realize that a lot of us procrastinate quite often. You know, we're supposed to be on our phones and maybe make an important phone call, and instead we find ourselves scrolling through Facebook, checking emails, same thing on our laptops. We find ourselves doing everything except the task that we actually sat down 
to do. I know as a writer, sometimes if I choose to use pen and paper to write, that I may sit down to write. And if my mind is busy, I spend my time doodling or, and and even that can be productive sometimes just because it helps me to start creating. But um, less productive things that I sometimes do is I sit down and I start making a random to-do list of all the other things I need to do, like grocery shopping, um, you know, stuff I want to do for my husband or my kids. And honestly, it has nothing to do with the task I sat down to do. Procrastination is a real part of our lives if we're willing to admit that. We're willing to admit that. And so before I launch into today's um, real topic, I want to talk about this nagging little bug called procrastination because it can grow on you. It really does grow. It starts out as a little bug, but then somehow morphs into an incredible monster. And before you know it, you've lost time. And so as I am sharing about that, I want to read something I wrote actually back in 2016, um, which will be part of a book that I plan to release very soon that has to do with procrastination and my journey with it, as well as ways that we can learn to overcome it. So I'm going to read a little bit for you, just a little bit of background before I get into the part that I want to read. Um, So I mentioned in one of the chapters that I had an economics professor who was very, very, let's say, passionate about what she was teaching. She wasn't just passionate about what she was was teaching because I was at a women's university. She was also passionate about making sure that women achieved um, academic excellence, that we were able to go into the professions that we desired, that we really were paying all this private school money to, you know, be able to do. And so she was a person who really didn't have time to sugarcoat her words. She did not hold back. She told you just what she was thinking. And for her, when she was talking to a room full of young women, she truly believed that she was shaping the next generation of world leaders. And so she always spoke to us that way, that she was raising, that she was helping to educate the next generation of world leaders. And in this economics class, and I'm sure for anyone else who's taken an economics class, we learned this concept of opportunity cost, opportunity cost. And she'd always repeat, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch or tenstoffel. And obviously the method worked because the statement is stuck in my head. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. We often think that procrastination isn't costing us anything. Um, we think that it's just a moment that we've taken for ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about intentional rest. I am not taking talking about taking an intentional break. I am not. Um, I'm not even trying to feed into this hustling grind, um, ultra productivity um, space or culture that we can sometimes get caught up in. I'm talking about when we have set a goal and then we begin to. Um, participate in or allow ourselves to get drawn into activities that really are taking away from our ability to focus on what's ahead of us, to actually complete what's ahead of us, and ultimately leads us to say, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes. 
But she taught us this concept of opportunity cost. And the basic theory um, behind it was that there's always a price to be paid for the choices that we make. There's always a price to be paid for the choices that we make, even when we don't make a choice. We are It's costing us something. Choosing one thing means not choosing something else, especially where scarce resources are concerned. So as I was thinking about the impact of procrastination on our lives and the concept of opportunity cost, I realized that time is the scarcest of resources that we have. The Bible, um, in the Psalms, the Lord, uh, the, the writer is asking the Lord to teach him to make the most of the time he has. In Psalms 90 verse 12, um, he talks about teaching us to number our days, teach us to number our days so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. In other words, so that we can use our time in the best way possible. If we back up a couple of verses in verse 10 of that same chapter, um, the writer outlines the lifespan of men and it says that our lives are 70 years and if we're strong, maybe 80. And we know some people get to go a little bit beyond that. But even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. The Bible often talks about our life being a vapor, that we are here today and gone tomorrow. And I know this is probably a hard part and possibly even triggering for a lot of us because we've realized just how short time can be. This year seems to have lasted forever, but we have seen people who we just talked to and they're no longer here, or we have had relationships in our lives, you know, from even before our birth, you know, we've gotten accustomed to these people being around and they're no longer here. And so we are unfortunately dealing with the painful realities of just how short our lives can be. The writer recognized that life happens quickly, that in a blink of an eye, it's all over. And sometimes the world barely even recognizes that we have come or gone if we haven't carefully spent our brief time on this planet. If we haven't taken the time to have an impact on the lives of others. With this understanding that our days are numbered and that our time on earth is limited, the writer of this psalm asked the Lord to teach him to use wisdom to determine how he should spend those precious moments of this most incredibly scarce resource called time. Sometimes we think that procrastination is only stealing a moment, some seconds or some minutes from us. But if we continue on our habits, continue on our path, I mean, think about it. If you start on, let's do Monday, we're not going to count the weekend. We're not going to count the weekend. If we start on a Monday, and if we were to add up all the time that we get distracted from our task, whether we are working in the office from home, we have personal projects, we're running a business, or maybe we've, we've set a reading goal, we wanna read a book. If we were to subtract all the time that we spend scrolling through social media, going through emails, watching Netflix, binging shows, and I'm saying these things because I'm guilty of them. I'm not pointing the finger at anyone but me. Um, if we were to add up all of that time, what we thought were seconds and minutes are actually hours and days of our lives that are lost day by day, week by week that we could have used. And then at the worst part is at the end of it all, we'll look back and say, I wish I had more time. When someone asks why that book isn't written yet, we say, we just didn't have enough time. When 
you know, someone asks, how's your job search going? Well, time. If I had more time, my resume could be right. If I had more time, I could have applied to the jobs that I wanted to apply to. If I had more time, we talk about running out of time when deadlines get closer, but the reality is we knew the deadline existed, but how did we use our time? If you ask anyone on their deathbed or a family member that has is forced to attend an untimely funeral, Ooh. And I, I say this and it's difficult for me because I believe that we've all been there at some point in our lives. If you've ever, ever ever had to go to a funeral um, where family members failed to make peace with one another and now some incredible tra- tragedy has happened, stealing their opportunity to say, I'm sorry, or I forgive you or make it right. You'll hear that the biggest regret is that they lost years of healthy, productive, beautiful relationship time together. Even for people that, to be honest, like you didn't get along with them, like they just rubbed you the wrong way. It's the idea that you don't have the time to make good on what was wrong anymore. That hurts the most. We push things to that unknown amorphous category called I'll do it later with no definition, no um, structure, no calendar attached to it. And unfortunately, later doesn't always come. With the same choice to put off what we could do right now, we also unknowingly choose to waste, throw away, discard, and carelessly, (sighs) carelessly disregard precious moments of the limited time given to us. And the worst part is, is that we don't feel it in the moment. We don't immediately see its impact. And sometimes we get lost in the fairy tale that there will be no consequences. So going back to my amazing economics professor, and I'll be honest, at the time when I had her in undergrad, I may not have thought she was that amazing, but now that I've experienced some things, it's been over 10 years since I've graduated undergrad, I've finished a master's degree, I'm about to finish another. I realized just how amazing she really was. Um, And I remember my senior year as graduation was approaching, um, she scheduled a meeting with me, which she said her intention was to check in to see where I was with my final project, but This was one of those conversations that I wish had shaken me more at the time that I had it, but when I reflect on it, it really does impact my life. Um, She noticed that as I I was progressing through her series of courses, so you have macroeconomics, macroeconomics, and a few others, um, as I was progressing through her, her courses, I was becoming increasingly distracted as graduation was approaching. And it wasn't just your normal senioritis or um, senior years here. So, you know, I I just want to get out of here. It was a little bit more than that. And so under the guise of checking on the status of my final project, she asked me to meet with her. And while I don't remember all of the details of our conversation, she did have a very detailed life talk with me that... To be honest, when I reflect on it, I wish I had understood the importance of that moment more. 
So as she was asking me questions about my increased distraction, I began opening up a little bit and letting her know quite proudly, I may add, that I was finishing my degree, but I was also getting ready to get married to my boyfriend at that time. After graduation, I was, you know, gonna, I was in the middle of planning my wedding. Um, <laughs> the funny part is that that marriage never materialized. Um, that engagement ended and I would, you know, later discover, I mean, to be honest, a month after that conversation with my economics professor, I would discover that God's plans and my plans were not the same. So my concerned professor hearing my plans for post-graduation um, began to share with me her desire to see me embrace my intelligence and education more fully than I had so far in her classes. The truth is that I had spent much of that year and likely more time than that putting off assignments and research projects and leadership opportunities that were more central to my learning and my future opportunities for less pressing activities like dating and going out and working three jobs so that I could shop on a college budget. And I wish I had saved that money now because, ah, but that's a whole nother chapter. I left very little time for sleep and even less time for homework, being busy but not productive in the right spaces. I was passing my economics class, but she knew that I was capable of more than I was doing. She, after hearing my reasoning for the distraction, she began to have a conversation that probably wasn't easy because, uh, you know, having being a professor myself, it's not easy to have life conversations with students all the time, especially when we believe that we are, you know, mature enough to make decisions for ourselves. But she began to advise me that relationships can be good, but not at the cost of my education. Now, I will say that this is not true for everybody. This was true for me though. So that's the premise of this statement. Relationships can be good, but not at the cost of my education. She did her best to quickly advise me of the economic and corporate landscape that waited for me as a woman of color without a proper education, as well as the once in a lifetime opportunities that I was passing up, that I was allowing to pass me by, rushing to an altar that honestly could wait. And unknowingly to me, would wait. Everything my professor said was correct, but at the time in my youthful exuberance, I refused to heed her wisdom, to listen to the significance and wisdom of her words. And a very four, short, a very short four months following this conversation, the relationship that I mentioned came to a screeching halt, broke my heart, bruised my ego, and left me wondering where my time had gone. It wasn't until about five years after that moment when I decided to go ahead and pursue my MBA that I realized just what the impact of my procrastination with my academics and my distraction had cost me. When I was applying for a grad school, I had to request my undergraduate transcript. And as I looked at my grades and the records of my academic performance, all I could ask myself was, what was I thinking? And I know, I know, 
for some of us, we, we you know, we can be very achievement driven, very high performance. But I mean, if you saw this uh, transcript, you'd be wondering the same thing. What was this girl thinking? A little while after this, while I was still doing my MBA, I transitioned to um, a position working at in, in admissions at another woman's university, um, supervising work study students. And I got the opportunity to see firsthand the incredible work, research, and learning that they were all doing. And to be honest, as proud as I was of them, there was a moment where I felt incredible sorrow. I felt sorrow at my own delay, disappointment in my own distractibility, and plain old regret at my persistent procrastination. I kept putting off what could have been some of the most productive years of my life and honestly have set me up to not work this hard, you know, later in my life. But I do believe that God redeems the time. In other words, he can make up for lost time. I also believe that, um, you know, things happen for a reason. And maybe if I had done things differently, I wouldn't have my husband or my beautiful children. You know, I don't know where those steps would have led me. I believe that God makes all things beautiful in his time. I also believe that it's all working together for my good. But the reality is that there are some things that I could have skipped over in this part of my life if I had completed them in that part of my life. You know, the truth is that some lessons, they come back around for us to learn if we don't learn them the first time. I looked at those students and I recognized what those years of procrastination had cost me. I imagined all of the possibilities, all of the amazing accomplishments and experiences I could have had. And I realized how I had wasted that precious time. At the time when I was writing this chapter of this book, there was a 2010 statistic that said that only about 6.7% of the world's population is a college degree holder. And reading that statistic, all I could think was, how could I allow myself to have the nerve to only get mine by the skin of my teeth? I just barely skated out. Don't allow procrastination to steal your best years. Don't allow procrastination to steal your opportunities. Don't allow procrastination to ultimately steal your peace. And don't allow procrastination to steal your ability to say that you have run your race and you finished your course when you get to the end of it all. We have to plan and prepare. Now, the truth is that these two, while they go hand in hand, they are not the same. Planning is the act of putting to, whether it's pen and paper, on your computer, in your notes app, on your phone, however you choose to do it. You can record it um, using your um, voice note app. Whichever way you do it, planning means that you are assessing what your needs are. You are taking the time to look at the landscape and to see what you need. You are identifying the steps that it takes to accomplish your goal. You are taking the time to um, figure out what order those steps need to go in. You're prioritizing during that time. But then when it comes to preparation, it means actually taking action to position you to achieve your goal. So planning is the act of putting the information you need together, 
getting the steps together. Preparation means you are beginning to fulfill the prerequisites or the stuff that comes before you can take those steps to your goal. So just like when we are, um, if you're changing up a room, so we're changing up some things in our house, before we can paint a new color onto the walls right now, the room I'm sitting in is mostly yellow. Um, and one day we may want to change it, though I do like the sunniness of this room. But if we did want to change it, we don't just slap another color on top. No, we prime the walls first. We use a primer so that whatever's on the walls currently doesn't seep through and shine through once the new color goes on. Some of us want to skip the priming step. That is what preparation is. Planning is picking out the colors. Yes, that's great. I'm glad you picked out the colors, the border, which one is gonna be your accent wall and so you're gonna paint it a different color. But preparation means that you've taken the time to buff out any um, rough marks, cover up um, any holes that needed to be covered up. And then you are priming the wall. You are preparing it before you can paint to see your end goal. And you know what? The reason some of us hate priming is because it takes us longer to get to our end result. Priming, while it, it serves its purpose, doesn't allow us to see the end goal we're going for. It really doesn't. That's the truth of the matter. But it is an essential step so that the quality of what is produced when we go to paint is effective. For those of us who like makeup, same thing with using primer on our faces. Some of us don't always take the time to do the proper moisturizing steps, the skincare steps aside from wearing makeup, and then putting primer on before we put the makeup on. And to be honest, you see it when you, you can see the difference if you were to take pictures doing one way or the other, because the primer helps to make sure that everything sets and settles the way that it's supposed to. Without taking the time to both plan and prepare, we can be setting ourselves up for failure. And there's a quote that says, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Planning and preparation help to ease the anxiety of interruptions, and they give you the capacity to make room for surprises. We have to be open to interruptions because remember, like I told you with um, the story of how I was distracted and procrastinating on my academics because I was planning a wedding that never actually happened. Side note, I met my husband, you know, not even six months later. But the point is that when you have planned and you have prepared, you can deal with interruptions better. You are better prepared to face interruptions and you can welcome surprises into your life. So I wish I had taken the time to better plan and prepare um, and where my academics were concerned, if I had been focused on, you know, being able to have a great, you know, academic record when I'm ready to apply to grad school. But thankfully, I did make other arrangements. I had um, done my internship for a year. When I graduated, um, I had already been doing the application process and interviewing process. So I had a job when I graduated and I started my job. Honestly, I don't know how I would have handled it if I had come out of that season with nothing. If I had taken the time to, if I had not taken the time to do an internship to um, go ahead and look for a job before graduation, because I graduated in 2008. And for any of us who are old enough to remember, um, 
the market kind of crashed that fall. And so for a lot of, I had friends and colleagues and um, peers who graduated at the same time, but they didn't have jobs because they hadn't taken those steps already because they planned to do it in the fall. They were going to take the summer off and do it in the fall. So I had made some plans. I had done some preparing. So the plan was, you know, start preparing your resume, start getting your resume together, start looking for jobs, start applying to jobs, preparation, the applying, the interviewing, the doing the internship, those kinds of things. So thankfully I had done those things. And so now when the surprise came, surprise, you're not getting married. I was better able, now I'm not saying it was easy, and I was very angry for a while, and I was very hurt for a while, and I was very, honestly, I was probably more so embarrassed for a while. Um, But I was home, I had a job, and I was able to move forward um, because I did have some plans and a bit of preparation in place. And thankfully, I had an amazing community, uh, my family, my mentors to surround me and help me um, move forward to my next season of life, which then opened the door for me to be ready for surprises like meeting my husband uh, while exchanging my space messages with him the day after Christmas um, 2008. So, you know, not even six months after the heartbreak happened. the person who would become my husband. I, you know, I met him then. So planning and preparation, they help to ease the anxiety of interruptions and they give you the capacity to make room for surprises. Planning and preparation help you to identify opportunities in the midst of obstacles. There are a lot of us who are looking and we're seeing problems when God is saying that is potential opportunity for you. We're looking and we're seeing issues when God is saying, I'm giving you an opening, a door to step through to be a solution in the earth. We're looking and we're seeing obstacles. We're seeing challenges. We're seeing mountains. We're seeing work. And God is saying that is your breakthrough. And if you will persevere, if you will put some plans on paper, and if you will prepare yourself for this next season, you can be the one that brings a solution to, you know, into the earth, that you can manifest the solution that everyone is looking for. Planning and preparation helps you to identify opportunities in the midst of obstacles. Lastly, planning and preparation help you to be productive and not just busy. My senior year of undergrad, I was busy, 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 working, not saving like I should, um, going out, you know, not using my time like I should, getting through my classes, but not investing in my education like I should. Listen, they say to work smarter, not harder. You can be busy and not productive. Make sure you're focused on the right one. So how do we get ready? How do we prepare for the dawning of a new day? So after all of that, how do we get ready? How do we prepare for the dawning of a new day? Number one, you have to decide your direction. Don't work without a direction. You'll be aimless. You're shooting at an unknown target. And so you're either always missing or always hitting. You just don't know the difference. Number two, assess what you'll need to lay aside, whether for a specific time frame or permanently in order to achieve your goal. Assess what you'll need to lay aside. And so by lay aside, what I mean is you might have to give some things up, whether it's taking a break from social media, whether it's um, taking some space from, you know, some activities that maybe aren't contributing to you achieve uh, your ability to achieve your goals. Um, 
as I've said before, I'm still on my fitness journey. And so sometimes I have to give some things up and trust me, some things are easier to give up than others um, in order to achieve my next goal or I find myself plateauing or going backwards. Assess what you'll need to lay aside, whether for a specific time frame or permanently in order to achieve your goals. If you're trying to get healthy, maybe there's something that you need to cut out your diet temporarily, or maybe it may be something you need to remove permanently like me and dairy. And, you know, cheese, cheese is my kryptonite, to be honest. I like cheese and other things, but I also know that cheese doesn't always like me. So assess what you need to lay aside in order to achieve your goal. And then number three, yield and say yes to God's plans. God's plans will always be better than ours. And even though they sometimes can feel like I'm not in control, I don't know how everything's going to turn out. This project seems bigger than me. This effort seems bigger than me. This goal seems bigger than me, but that's how you know that he's going to be in it. Whenever it's bigger than you, it means that it's his dream for you and that that is the direction that you need to be headed in. Yield and say yes to God's plans. And I hope you notice that I use the word day intentionally. We're preparing for the dawning of a new day. Decide, assess, yield. Decide, assess, yield. I hope that this bonus episode has been helpful, has helped you feel seen and heard. And I hope that you're encouraged to go ahead and get ready for what God has for you in the future. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Wisdom Wednesdays with Step Into Purpose. I'm your host, Andrea St. Louis, and I'm glad that you are joining me on this journey towards purpose. Meet me here every other Wednesday, and let's take back the middle of our week. No more hump day blues. Let's step into purpose. You can connect with me on Instagram at step into purpose. That's step in the number two purpose, S-T-E-P-I-N, the number two purpose on Instagram. You can also visit me at www.stepintopurpose.com step in the number two purpose.com. If you're looking for career services, you can visit the tatted professionals.com and the links are all in today's episode. So go ahead and connect with me there. <laughs>